as Miss Fixit, but not in a bad way. She cares for everybody, like it's her responsibility, but she loves doing it. She didn't want to believe that my death was real because I think she felt that if she did, it meant that it somehow would have been her job to save me, even though that would have been impossible. I don't think she wanted to believe that I'd died by taking my life either. Her grief was absent and disconnected so she could protect herself from it. That absence was like a wall all around her, so it made it hard for me to get close to her. I also realized that if I did, it would make things too real for her, and she would shut down. I had to use the happy memories of the things we'd done together so she wouldn't just concentrate on what had just happened and get overwhelmed. Once I was able to reach Christina through those memories, I sat beside her and told her all the things she'd taught me. That's what I did with everyone I said goodbye to. I told them what I'd learned from them. With all my sisters and my brother, I learned that whenever they got on my nerves or when I didn't feel like they were in my corner, that it wasn't about me, it was about their own shit. I think that's how it works with pretty much everybody, you know? Anyway... With Christina, I told her that she taught me how you have to protect your heart. You can't always walk around with it fully exposed like I had. Some people who protect their hearts are misunderstood. They're seen as cool or aloof, but they can still feel deeply. And Christina does. After Christina, I said goodbye to my sister Michelle. I remember that right after my death, she was pacing in front of my mom, who was sitting on the couch in our living room, Then Michelle announced that I was in a better place and walked off. I guess that came from her denial. Later that night, I went to her apartment and sat down next to her on her bed. I could tell she was wondering why she couldn't have fixed me and why she couldn't solve the problem that had unfolded in front of her. She wanted to turn back the clock and erase all the times we'd fought and all the times she'd shut me out. I nicknamed Michelle the Gravedigger because she kind of had to dig me up in her mind after I was dead to fully process that I was gone. Besides Maria and my mom, she was the only one who saw me after I'd shot myself, so she had to see that graphic image again in her mind and talk about it out loud to know that it was real. That was the only way she could wrap her head around what had happened. Maybe she thought that would give her closure. Michelle was in so much shock that I had to pretty much sit on top of her and hold her down to help her control her thoughts about me, and eventually be okay with saying goodbye. While I was with her, I noticed she was thinking about dozens of thoughts at once, most of them in the form of why. Why hadn't she seen it coming? Why hadn't she been more aware? There were also lots of hows, whats, and whens floating around in her head. How did I come to the decision to leave? How is she going to be able to move forward? How is she going to talk about it with other people? Like, what was appropriate to talk about and what wasn't? Michelle also wanted to know when I'd started thinking about it and when I'd come to the conclusion to take my own life. What made it especially hard for her was that we had had a falling out a few weeks before. So fleeting moments of guilt and regret washed over her while I sat with her. Then, when each of those moments passed... She eventually realized that it wasn't about her, and I think that that helped her a lot. While I sat with Michelle, I learned a ton from her. We'd been very close and had spent a lot of time together, so I told her that she'd taught me what it's like to be a real friend. But I also learned that with friendships, 
you can sometimes tear each other apart. And that can be the path to sewing yourself together into a new and better you. Next came Lucas. I hung around him in the backyard for a while and then followed him back into the house. I walked by his side and followed him up to his bedroom. When he sat down on his bed, I sat next to him. Other than my mom, he was more in shock than anyone else. It was so overwhelming for him that he couldn't even get a sense of how his body felt. I could sense that the energy of every cell in Lucas's body was quivering and vibrating at a higher than normal rate. He couldn't believe I was dead. Lucas thinks very analytically, and he couldn't find the logic behind what I'd done, so the whole thing didn't make sense to him. One of his thoughts was, if Eric can do this, then anyone can. This made him question the concept of the value of life. I tried to calm his body down so that...